All right, uh, like I said, we just uh, finished a conference. Rick and, and Lisa Evans are here. They live down in Austin, Texas. Rick has been a pastor in the vineyard for how many years, Rick? Like 30 plus. Uh, used to be down, some of you may know him. He used to be down at Vineyard Columbus. Then they planted up in Cleveland, uh, a city north of here. Um, for 20 years they were there, and now they've uh, been reassigned down to Austin, Texas. But we have had a wonderful time at the conference, and last night was a blast. So Rick, please come. Let's welcome him, and uh, he's going to be speaking this morning. Thank you. Good morning. So, so good to be here. And You've got a funny pastor. I didn't realize Michael was... I knew you were really talented and like way too gifted. I didn't realize you were funny. He just like throws all these bombs all the time. It's really, really good. Yeah. Amen. How you doing today? I really think God has something for us today. I just really got that sense. Uh, and the Buckeyes won. So, so the universe has been brought back into order for us and I uh, feel good about that. And Jesus loves us. This I know. Hey, if you've got a Bible or a smart device, would you turn with me to John chapter 14? We've had a wonderful time this weekend, if you were able to be with us, talking about healing an orphan heart. And Michael and I were talking some weeks ago, and he said, what would you, uh, you know, what's on your heart to talk about for the, the actual weekend here on Saturday night and Sunday morning? And he said, I was thinking about some things, and and I said, well, what were you thinking about? And he said, I would love for you to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I just laughed. He probably thought I was losing my mind. That's exactly what I was thinking of talking about here. And so it was just very, very confirming, very exciting to me. And we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit this morning, if it's okay with you. And I know the Holy Spirit kind of can bring some baggage for some of us. Most of us fall into one of two camps as it, as it touches the Holy Spirit. Some of us say, yeah, more, Lord. I, I want more. I really think God wants to meet us this morning and give us something under his waterfall that we can just stand and drink. And he wants to give us some things. Some of us fall in that camp and we're really excited when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Others of us say, wait a minute, slow it all down. Not so sure. And maybe you've been hurt in a church that really maybe uh, took the Holy Spirit too far or it was confusing, it was discouraging in some way. And so I just thought it would be really helpful to talk about the Holy Spirit in some very real biblical and practical terms. You know, if you are a little bit concerned about the Holy Spirit and you haven't connected all the dots, you're in really good company. For years, I was afraid of the Holy Spirit. I was afraid He would embarrass me, He would hurt me in some way, that I would become one of those fanatical, fringy kinds of Christians that I didn't want to become. I thought I would be less if I got involved with the person and work and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I was wrong. And some really cool believers who were ahead of me helped me to see that the Holy Spirit is one of your very best friends. And the Bible says so. And that's what we're going to unpack today in some very specific terms. But with the help of the Scripture and these folks who mentored me, I realized that the Holy Spirit was an incredible gift from a great father. James chapter 1 tells us that the Father is the giver of every good and perfect gift. He only gives good gifts. And we're going to see from John 14 that he gives us the Holy Spirit. God doesn't give bad gifts. You can trust it. The Holy Spirit isn't some force somewhere. He's the Spirit of Jesus. Do you love Jesus today? Then you can love the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the spotlight that says, I'm going to make sense of Jesus. I'm going to show you Jesus. I'm going to make your heart come alive for Jesus. You can trust the Father. The Holy Spirit is about making sense of the kingdom of God. And I realized the Holy Spirit is a great gift from a great Father. 
God gives us many gifts in this life. He gives us the gift of good health, of family, of great churches like this one. He gives us his word. He gives us all of these things. We have been blessed as a people of God. But the greatest gift that the Lord will ever give us is the gift of his presence. It's not money. It's not stuff. The greatest gift that God wants to give us is the gift of his presence. Seek first the kingdom of God. His righteousness, his presence, everything else, it all falls into place. Amen? We are in John chapter 14. Let's look at just a very few verses in John 14 and one verse in John 15. We pick it up. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says in verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. How encouraging is that? And if you love me, keep my commands. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. We're going to key in on the word helper, and we're going to look at different places in the Scripture, because he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's going to give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it cannot see him, nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And let's, let's just add one more verse, and that's in John 15, verse 26. When the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, he says again, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. The Holy Spirit is a spotlight on Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for what you really want to do this morning. I've sensed it all weekend that this is a church that is really chasing after you. And my sense is that there's some folks who are really feeling dry. They've just been running hard, been in it for a long time, been faithful, have loved you, have loved so many people. And there's a part of their life in the spirit that is dry right now. You're not doing anything wrong. You're just feeling dry, spent, running on vapors. And Lord, I believe that you want to pour out your sweet presence. You want to pour out your Holy Spirit. We all have the Holy Spirit. If we belong to Jesus, we all have the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit comes in sometimes in torrents and waves, soaking in us. And for many of us, Lord, we just need a fresh move of your Holy Spirit to continue what you've called us to do. Would you release your gifts? Would you release your sweet presence? Would we not be afraid of you, Holy Spirit? We welcome you right now. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. I was about seven years old going into the first grade. And I don't know what it is about kids, but kids sort of lock on certain things and they can't get it out of their head. And I locked on going on the first day to the first grade. I was terrified. I don't know why. But I couldn't get, my mom tried to reason with me. I was so scared. And so my mom, being a single mom raising four kids, she even took time off of work to take me to that school personally, two weeks before school started. All the teachers were readying their classes, and so we drove there. She said, here's how, we're, how the bus is even going to go, and, and I was taking it all in, and we pulled up to the school building, and it seemed so big and imposing, and I'm seven years old. What do I know? And I looked at that sidewalk, it seemed really big and really long, but my mom was there and it was okay. And so we walked up that sidewalk to the school, climbed up many steps to me, went in these big doors and she said, see, here's how you go in the school, in this corridor, you just, there's classes, but these aren't your classes, sweetie. You, we just kind of walk along and then look, you take a right and your class is gonna be right down here, easy, okay. Good, good so far. We went to the class, opened the door. I can't remember if the teacher was there or not, but I saw the classroom. I looked in the class. You're going to have a desk like this. It's all good, sweet. You're okay. 
okay. Went back home, still terrified. <laughs> I don't know what I was so scared of, but I was scared. And the school was called Western. That was the name of the school that I went to, Western School Elementary. So the, finally the day came, uh, that night before, I was just so on edge, I was so scared. The day came that morning, I got ready for school, went out to the school bus stop, just beside myself. The bus pulled up, opened those big scary doors, and I had to go up and inside. And I went in, I sat beside this one kid, and we were kind of picking up all the kids in the neighborhood, headed toward Western, and I turned to him, I said, so where are you headed? He went, Western, like that. Then I felt like an idiot. I go, oh, that's right. We're all going to the same place. Okay, okay. That didn't help. And we're going along, and finally we make our way to the school, and there it was, that great big building. My heart's racing. We all go out. Now, all the kids are running. First day of school, everybody's so excited. I was terrified. I was slowly walking up that sidewalk to that imposing building. Kids were running past me because... Obviously, everybody knows where they're going except me. You ever feel like that? Climb those steps alone, open that great big door. Started taking some steps down that corridor, and I'd forgotten everything my mom told me. And kids were running past and laughing and playing tag, and first day of school going into their classrooms, and I froze. I couldn't remember where to go. I didn't think it was this hallway, but I couldn't remember where it was. And as I stood there, I just started to melt down. I started to cry. And as I cried, I felt a hand from behind me touch my shoulder. And I whipped around, and it was my mom. I looked at her. Tears were going down. She's smiling. It's okay. She knew this was going to be a hard day. She had followed me all the way to school, making sure I would get where I needed to go. And when I froze, her hand was there. She whispered in my ear, it's going to be okay. Let's go together. And we held hands. It was okay to hold a mom's hand when you're in the first grade. And I held her hand, and we walked, and she spoke so sweetly. He goes, remember, you just go up this way a little bit more. And now we're going to turn right, right? That's right, that's right. And I held her hand and walked to my class. Remember, it's got these pictures, and this is your class. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we opened the door, and the teacher met me. Hey, Rick, welcome. And came in, and Mom said, you have a great day today, son. And I was safe. My friends... Whenever the, Holy, whenever the enemy says, be afraid of the Holy Spirit, think about that story. Because that is the heart of God. When we don't know how to turn, when we don't know which is up from down, when we get confused and when we get afraid, the Holy Spirit is right there as our helper, as parakletos, it's the Greek word, the one who is committed to come alongside you forever. He's the one that when we're not so sure and things are all kind of crazy around us, he puts his hand on our shoulder and he whispers the things of Jesus in our hearts. And he takes us by the hand and he leads us where we need to go and we are safe. If you're concerned about the Holy Spirit or someone hurt you in those things, just try to suspend some of that for the moment. See what the Bible has to say. He's your best friend. He's the Spirit of Jesus for us. He's the helper, John. Jesus tells us here in John 14. He's the comforter. He's the Spirit of truth. He is parakletos. The one who is committed to come alongside us through all of our journey. Yes, he dwells in us, but he also comes alongside us in a variety of ways. You know, if you are new to the things of the Spirit, I would just encourage you, relax. We're not going to force anything this morning. Just relax. I'm not in a hurry. You might need to figure some things out before you just more fully say, Holy Spirit, take the reins. It's okay. 
figure those things out. But always remember, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He won't run roughshod over you. If you want him to kind of be at a distance, he'll stay at that distance probably. But he just wants to be welcomed. He's a gentleman. And when you welcome him to overflow in your life and to release gifts and to lead you day by day and to speak prophetically, just welcome him. We're going to welcome him in a few minutes. If it's scary, then say, God, this scares me. I've been hurt in the past. He understands. There's no hurry. There's no forcing. It's okay. But God the Father wants to lead you into the adventure of the things of the Holy Spirit. And I would just encourage you to remain open and expectant this morning. That's for those of us who are not sure and we're just kind of testing the water. But there's some others of us in this group. You have a different narrative these days. You have known the leading and the power of the Holy Spirit. You have seen some of the glory days. You can tell the stories from the 70s or 80s or 90s. Who wants to live in the 80s? What's God doing in your life in these days? For some of you, you may have gotten really weary and you've pulled back. Or you've gotten hurt or discouraged or bored How can I tell if I'm growing in the Holy Spirit? Hopefully you have an outline in front of you and won't we just ask some questions? How are you doing in the Holy Spirit? If you're wondering, have I pulled back a little bit? Have I just kind of played it a little safe? Let me ask you some questions to see if you're still growing in the Holy Spirit. If you're growing in the Holy Spirit, you'll love what Jesus loves and still be repelled by what repels Jesus. Do you let your eyes fall on things that you know you shouldn't and you've gotten used to it? Or do those things still repel you? Sin is still sin in the 21st century. Are you loving the things that Jesus loves and blesses? And are you still being repelled by the things that repel Jesus and we know are not good for our soul? Then you're still growing in the Holy Spirit. Is the Bible alive for you? Is prayer alive? Is a dynamic in those things? Is it still changing you? Then you're growing in the Holy Spirit. Do you easily enter into worship? Or do you dissect all of the chord progressions and all of that? Is worship still easy to fall into? Spirit to spirit. You're growing. You're growing in the Holy Spirit. Do you find yourself freer with your money than you used to be? More generous. Generous to people in need. More generous to build this church. That is so cool. You're growing. Do you look more like Jesus than you did five years ago? That's an honest question. Do you look more like Jesus? Are you being transformed more in his character with his heart and his grace and his mercy than you did five years ago? And you're growing in the Holy Spirit. Are you cleaner in heart? Do you have a passion for Christ. If I ask you the question, are you in love with Jesus, what's your answer? If we're going to be honest today, do you love him? And if you don't, if you stalled a bit, not the end of the world. Talk to him. He's waiting. He wants to give you a new filling of the Holy Spirit. Nothing, if you're not doing great in the Lord, nothing of God has changed. That's really important. He doesn't sort of shift and say, I'm not interested in you as much as I used to be. Nothing of God has changed. We shift. We get tired. We get worn out. We pursue things maybe we shouldn't. If you're in that kind of place, I would just say Jesus is waiting for you. He hasn't changed his mind. He's, he's not mad at you. He's mad about you. If we're going to grow in the Holy Spirit, I think we need to know some things that are really important from the Bible. And one thing that I haven't really highlighted on your outline, but just kind of in the midst of this conversation for a few minutes, is I just want to reinforce that the Holy Spirit is a person. 
He's the person of God. The Holy Spirit's not a force. The Holy Spirit's not electricity. The Holy Spirit's not a power grid that you tap into. He is a person of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. He is a person of the Godhead. A person to be trusted. A person to be talked to. A person to be listened to a person to fellowship with. You say, hey, where do you get that? Well, here's where I get it. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm getting a really weird noise. I don't know what's, you, do, are you aware of that? Okay, okay. <laughs> just sounds like someone's listening to what I'm saying and just groaning. Okay, you see, you know what's going on. Okay, all right. So we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Paul writes, finally, brothers, farewell. Become complete or mature, be of good comfort, be of one mind and live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. Now listen to what Paul says. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. The communion of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that we are in to be involved in a communion, an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit? Why? Because he's a person. He's a person of God. I wake up every morning saying, good morning, Jesus. I just keep it simple. I've got an MDiv from Fuller. I keep it all simple. Good morning, Jesus. I love you. Father, let's rock it today. And Holy Spirit, I welcome you close. I love you, God. Communion with the Holy Spirit, that's where you hear the voice of Jesus. We tune in every day. We talk to God. We talk to him. We treat him as the person of God. And we listen. Are you listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit? He wants to have a personal relationship with you. The Holy Spirit's a person. And the thing that I really want to really key into this morning for a few minutes is the second aspect from John 14, and that is the Holy Spirit is parakletos, like my mom who came along and touched me and whispered in my ear and led me where I needed to go, one that made me feel so safe, protected. That's what Jesus says the Holy Spirit is in John 14 here. He is the helper. He is parakletos, one who comes alongside to reveal God, to reveal the kingdom, to speak prophetically to us and be our help and be our comfort. Biblically, the Holy Spirit wants to be your parakletos, you're one who comes, the one who comes alongside you in so many very practical and very real ways. You don't have to spend a moment being afraid of the Holy Spirit. It is a gift. He is a gift to us. And in a lot of really cool ways, the first way, I've got several things I'd just like to highlight, and then you can explore them on your own. From Romans 8, 26, the Holy Spirit is parakletos when we do not know how to pray. Have you ever been in such a place of pain or confusion, you didn't even know what to pray? You wanted to pray, nothing would come out. We all get in places like that. Did you know the Holy Spirit, Romans tells us here, that the Holy Spirit will pray on your behalf? My wife and I lost our first child to a congenital heart defect. His name was Josiah David. And after 11 days, he went to be with the Lord, and it broke our hearts. We didn't know how to pray. So devastated, so shocked, so much grief, so much pain. All I know, just speaking for myself, all I could do was just groan in my pain. Just, oh, I couldn't form words. I was in so much pain. The Bible says the Holy Spirit takes our utterances, the things when we don't even know how to pray, and he fights for us, and he prays to the Father, Lord, save this young kid. He's brokenhearted. Fight for him and his wife. Meet them in their grief. 
The Holy Spirit fights for us. He intercedes for us even when we don't know how to pray. Are you in pain like that today? You're not alone. Parakletos is right there. Just get some groans out. Just turn your heart toward God and the Holy Spirit will intercede and fight for you. Warrior King will arise and fight on your defense. Be afraid of the Holy Spirit? No, we welcome the Holy Spirit. All that He wants to do, He will fight for you. He'll pray when you don't even know how to pray. How awesome is that? The second thing Parakletos will do is He will come to us when we feel condemned. Romans 8.1 says that there is no need, therefore, to ever be condemned. The Holy Spirit fights for us again. You know what the enemy never says in your life? Well done. He never comes to Michael and says, man, that, that message, wow, you know, I'm not real crazy about church, but you rocked. You're a great pastor. Michael will never hear that from the enemy. And you won't hear it either. Well done. Proud of you. What the enemy says is, you're a piece of crap. Failure. They don't know what you just did. I see it. Guilty. How do you call yourself a Christian after you just said that to your spouse? That's what the enemy does. The Holy Spirit says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus paid for that. Yeah, you blew it just then, but you're of the beloved. Now, God will bring conviction. He'll bring correction, but not condemnation. And when the enemy comes to condemn us, the Holy Spirit fights for us. He is our parakletos when we feel condemned. The enemy is always about questioning our identity. Do we belong to God? He's always quick to tell us what God can't do and won't do because God doesn't like us very much. The Holy Spirit sets it straight. God is for us. He is our front. He is our rear guard. He protects us on both sides. God fights for us. And we have a Holy Spirit who is in our corner fighting for us. Amen. That's a really good friend. Parakletos also comes alongside us to empower us to see God as Abba Father. That's also from Romans. Chapter 8, verse 15. That's what the orphan heart ministry that I'm involved in is all about. It's moving from the places of our pain where we try to self-father our pain in broken ways to shift out of orphan identity and into adoption identity because the Holy Spirit has come into us and we have been adopted by which we cry out, Abba, Father, we don't serve an aloof, distant, disconnected God. We serve a good dad. We serve a dad who is for us and not against us. The Holy Spirit gives us what we need at every place to pray three important words. Father, father me. My friends, if you get afraid, speak to Abba. Dad. I don't know what your relationship with your earthly father was like. That can get complicated. But your earthly dad is not God. It's not Abba. And we come to Abba and we say, Father, father me in the fear I feel right now. Father me. I failed at work, but I'm not a failure. Father, would you father me? Lord, I'm concerned about my child and I don't like the direction he's going. Would you father me, Father, to be the parent that he or she needs me to be? Father me. The Holy Spirit connects us, not with some distant God, but with Abba, Father great gift. He empowers us to see God for who God really is in our life, and that is Abba, Dad. Another thing the Holy Spirit does, and I think this is for us this morning, He refreshes us when we feel spiritually dry. The Holy Spirit is able to really pick us up. You ever get really dry? You ever start running on vapors? Boy, I sure do. We give and we give and we give and we don't take time to replenish and all of a sudden we're just running, just barely going. 
We're not doing anything wrong. We're just getting dried up. And the Holy Spirit says, I can fill you up. How often do we just take time at home or in our small group to just get filled up? Well, the scripture here that I would reference, the Holy Spirit is all over, is, uh, is in John chapter 7. John 7, it's the Feast of the Tabernacles in verse 37, 38, and 39. This Feast of Tabernacles was a yearly spiritual event where Jerusalem kind of shut down for business and they would come together for several days and worship God and celebrate and live in these, in these booths, this Feast of Tabernacles. And on the culminating day, the climax day, Israelites would be like a spoke on a wheel. Thousands of people on this spoke, thousands of people on this spoke throughout Jerusalem, thousands here, thousands here with a priest at the beginning, the front of each of the wheels spokes coming toward the hub and they would celebrate and worship and march toward the center. They would be carrying these great big pitchers of water and they'd be quoting Isaiah 55. Ho, oh, anyone who thirsts, come to the well and drink. They were waiting for Messiah to come someday. And here in John 7, all the crowds converged to the center and when they quoted Isaiah 55, all of them dumped out these large pitchers of water and it all splashed together in the center. Can't you picture it? And then Jesus stands up and says, the Messiah that you're waiting for, that's me. And the Holy Spirit will fill you like these pitchers of water all of the days of your life. Are you thirsty? We can stand and we can drink. <laughs> Paracletos. Even when we're dry kind of worn out. He can revive us. Another way Paracletos is our friend. He comes alongside of us when we need discernment. When we're not sure how to turn. When we need truth. The Spirit guides us. John 16 verse 13 says that the Spirit guides us into all truth. What a promise. In a culture that is longing for true north, the Holy Spirit will always tell you the truth. Lord, should I take this new position at work? Tell me the truth. What do I need to know? What do I need to know to be a better husband or father? What am I doing wrong in this situation? What am I blind to? Holy Spirit, would you be my true north? Would you speak to me? What a promise that is. But God wants to inform us and speak to us, correct us. I was sharing this weekend, my wife and I have been together since we've been 15. We fell in love the first day of high school at 15. We're almost 62. We've been together 46, 47 years. I'm not sure if she'd applaud, but... You know what the secret to a good marriage, we've been married 42 and, and change. You know what the secret to a good marriage is? Learning how to die. Not learning how to win, but learning how to die. Die to my junk. If truth be told, Lisa and I had a big fight this morning. Not cool. I'm sitting in the bathroom going, Lord, why don't you just fix her? <laughs> and he goes, what are you going to be speaking on today again? Help me, help me with that. Yeah. How do I die again? I hurt her. And she hurt me. And we came together. The Holy Spirit will tell you the truth. And when we learn how to die to our stuff, and Jesus is in the midst of it, and he pulls us together and the enemy can't separate that. That's the key to a good marriage for 42 years is not learning how to win, but learning how to die. And then Jesus makes us live together in him. He'll always tell you the truth. Lord, is this vision from you? Whatever it is, tell me, speak to me, inform me. Are you calling me to be a leader what should I know? The Holy Spirit will give us discernment and wisdom and guide us into every truth. 
I'm sick of being lied to by all kinds of influences and fake news and all of that. The Holy Spirit will always tell me the truth. He's parakletos. A couple of more and we're done. The Holy Spirit is parakletos. In times of trials, the Spirit helps us to have joy despite our circumstances. And that's easier said than done, but the Holy Spirit wants to infuse us, not necessarily with happiness, but with this deep sense of joy that God has us. My wife and I live in Austin, and I won't tell you that it'll be almost 80 tomorrow when we get home in Austin. I won't be now. <laughs> that is one perk. But it's been cool being here, that, how cold it is. I love I love that, but I like 80 too. So. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh yeah, well we wanted to move to Austin. All of our family had migrated to Austin. Everybody, all of our daughters, our grandkids, everybody lived in Austin. And I had resigned from the Cleveland Vineyard and, and uh, so Cleveland wasn't our home anymore and we longed to be in Austin. So we tried to put our house up for sale, but we had a structural problem that we weren't aware of. And so month after month, we tried to sell our home. And of course, the disclosure about it was a garage issue and nobody wanted to touch it. And when we longed to be in, uh, in Austin, we stayed through the summer and then it went to fall and then went to the dead of winter and I felt like my vision was being frozen to death. It's, you know, sometimes the trials aren't over just like that. It was a real trial, and we had to keep pouring money into it. All the money that we would put, or some of the money, significant money, we would put in a home in Austin was going into a garage we would never use. And I'll get you right there, right where you live. Nine months, we went through just an incredible experience, and it was a, it was a real trial for us. Real trial. But Lisa and I just kept praying, Lord, you're for us. God's time, God's money became our anthem. God's time will be in Austin. And God's money, it's his, it's all his. The Holy Spirit kept meeting us and telling us, we're with you. I'm with you. I am parakletos. I'm doing a thing. Trust my timing. Trust me. And he was able to give us joy in the midst of where we wanted to be so incredibly frustrated and angry and, you know, the whole thing. Are you going through a trial right now? Do you know the Holy Spirit can give you a joy that God has you in the midst of that place? You're not alone. You're not an orphan on the streets without a good father. And the Holy Spirit wants to infuse you, give you joy, even in the midst of the times when your faith gets tested. Now we've been in Austin almost six months. It's just a memory. God made it work. He knows what he's doing. But we could have been miserable and handed God the bill. All of those months, the Holy Spirit gave us joy to continue keep it right. 1 Thessalonians 1.6 says, you have become followers having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. These believers came to Christ and they were suffering, but they could still have joy because the Holy Spirit was at work in them. What gifts God's giving us? Aren't these like really practical places of life-giving gifts? That's who the Holy Spirit wants to be for us. Number seven, the Holy Spirit, as Paracletos, gives us boldness to release the kingdom. There are times that God will set you up that you can speak, find your voice, and release the kingdom of God in power. Share the gospel. See people come to Christ. Pray for people. See them be healed. Enter into warfare and know that God has you and he is doing something and he's rising up. I was telling, uh, I was telling the group last night, you want to hear a good story before I'm done? You want to hear a good one? Yeah? You sure? I won't tell you. But okay. Absolutely true. Non-embellished. 
absolutely the truth. Talking about releasing the kingdom, feeling the sense of the Holy Spirit and acting on that and seeing what God could do. A number of years ago, I was living, my wife and I were living in Columbus and uh, planted a church in Columbus, Calvary Chapel. We planted the Calvary in, in chapel before we switched to Vineyard. And, and one day, my brother called me. I had been sharing Christ with my brother who lived on the left coast in Seattle. And, uh, and he really started to make some movement toward Jesus. And he saw that his 14-year-old son, Justin, was really getting in with the wrong kids, really going in a bad direction. And it scared my brother. So my brother calls me from Seattle and says, Rick, you know, you're really connected to Jesus and, I, and I'm understanding some things and I think Jesus is the right way to go and I'm really concerned about Justin. If I fly him in, will you tell him about Jesus? And I go, well, no, I'm way too busy for that. <laughs> now, absolutely. And so he flies my nephew, Justin, 14 years old, into Columbus so that we could meet for an afternoon and talk about Jesus. How cool is that? And so we met at a Chinese restaurant in downtown Columbus. And we got there a little early, 11.30ish or so, and so hardly anyone was in this really large Chinese restaurant, not probably dissimilar from this auditorium, really big Chinese, like really big Chinese restaurant. All of these round tables, all these booths, all of that, they do a great uh, uh, lunch business. And only a few people were around when we got there and they seated us at one of the center round tables and there's just the three of us and we're talking and we're just laughing and remembering old times together and Justin knows he's there to talk about Jesus so he's uncomfortable and my brother's a little uncomfortable and I'm really uncomfortable. <laughs> so we're talking and laughing and just remembering old days and He's such a, Justin's such a sweet kid and so easy to love. And so we're laughing, talking. Meanwhile, the restaurant starts getting filled up. And I notice in my periphery that there was a woman in a booth glaring at me. And she wouldn't stop staring at me. And there was hatred in her eyes. And as I looked at her, I went, and she just wouldn't break the stare. My sense was she was in the occult, possibly a witch. I don't know, can't prove it, but it was demonic like that. And she just kept glaring at me and we're talking, laughing, and then the conversation started to get deeper about why I'm a Christian. Meanwhile, the restaurant is filled, brimming, bristling, lots of noise, lots of commotion, everybody eating, it's a good place. And I started telling Justin why I was in love with Jesus. And I was talking about worship, why worship meant so much. And I was talking about how the Bible just brings things to life and makes sense. And all of a sudden, this lady jumps up, comes over to our table, pulls a chair from another table, flips it around, sits down and goes, how's it going, guys? And I, um, yeah, okay. I said, excuse me, ma'am, we're having a conversation. We're family, kind of get together. And she said, uh, and I said, could you excuse us? And she just said, no. I'm like, no, that's not the right answer. <laughs> I said, really, excuse us. We're in the middle of something. I'm not going anywhere. And furthermore, everything he's telling you about God is a lie. Now I'm mad. And I go, you need to leave this table right now. Now my brother and Justin are like, what's going on? And I'm starting to really push at her. And she said, I'm not going anywhere. And I'm going to tell him the truth. You've got to run away from this thing. Jesus, it'll ruin the rest of your life. And I said, right now, in Jesus' name, you need to stand up. And she said, I'm not standing up. And then she stood up. And I said, in Jesus' name, and I got louder, you've got to back away. I rebuke you. She backed away some and said, I don't have to listen to anything you're saying. Now she's screaming at me, and I'm coming back forcefully, in Jesus' name, back up. So she backs up further and says, no, you have no power over me. Eventually, hand to the Bible. She's over a table backwards saying what God can't do in her life. Meanwhile, we realize that we're in a crowded Chinese restaurant. <laughs> it's silent. 
and my brother and Justin are under the table. <laughs> so embarrassed. Finally, the manager gets involved and escorts this woman out of the building. I find out later, Justin's going to come to Christ pretty quickly here. I find out later she's still in the window jumping and trying to get his attention from behind. I didn't know that part until we walked outside. And Justin gave his life to Christ. And Justin then grew and he went back to Seattle, grew, got in a great church and became a pastor and is still a pastor to this day. Is that a good story or what? It's because of Perikletos, because of Jesus alive. I'm such an introvert. I, would, I wouldn't do any of that. But God was doing it. You can depend on the leading of the Holy Spirit. When you need to speak, he'll give you words. I was telling the group this week as we finish, we really do need to finish here in a moment. I was telling the group uh, in the Orphan Heart Conference, my, my vision in life was not to be a pastor when I was a young adult. It was to be an assassin. <laughs> pastor, what a joke. But Paracletos and Jesus had other things for me. And then I fell in love with Jesus. And now I can't avoid these spotlights that I don't want to be in all of these years because of Paracletos. What is God doing in you? What vision is he percolating in you? Trust the one who comes alongside, taps you on the shoulder throughout your life, whispers in your ear, I got you. I'm going to lead you into good things. Trust me. I'm your dad. That's Paracletos. Be afraid of the Holy Spirit? Nah. He's the best friend you got. Let's stand together. If you are a person who has to fill in every uh, line, number eight, the Holy Spirit empowers us to hear God's voice and to move in the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, as Paracletos, gives us the gifts that we need, and that's what we're going to do right now, if it's okay with you. For a few minutes, we're going to stand in the presence of God, and we're going to stand under his waterfall very real sense that many of you have been running for a long time and you have helped to make this great church great and strong and impactful. You have loved your family. You have worked hard. You have been faithful. You are pressing into the things of the kingdom and you are feeling the results of it. And there is a dryness that won't go away. And I want to invite you to come to the front. If you are feeling spiritually dry and you need to stand under the waterfall, if you have been longing for a spiritual gift that you have not received yet, come and stand under the waterfall. If you're new to the things of the Spirit, hang on and just talk to Jesus about it. We're going to pray for you in a few minutes. But if you've been a warrior for a while and you just need to be refilled to get an extension of a gift, there are increases of spiritual gifts. If you've been hungering for those kind of things, I encourage you to come and stand and I'm going to pray over you and then some folks will come and just bless you. If that sounds good to you, let's come together. Come. Come, Jesus. Just come together. Let's come together in the front for many of us and stretch out your hands and say, Paracletos, Holy Spirit, fill me all over again. God's doing this in the vineyard all over the movement. I'm seeing it over and over and over again. God is breathing new life and new vision in the vineyard, and I love it. I love what God is doing. Lord, we stand before you, hands stretched out. Come. Let's come. We wait on you. Father, you've been so good to us. Faithful.
Luke, if you could come a little closer, because I'm going to ask you to turn around and pray for others too. So if you could just kind of come a little closer, we're going to just pray together. And then if you have a newer experience in church and you are a kind of a young follower of Jesus and you're connecting the dots, we're going to invite you in a few moments to come and stand under the waterfall and let the Holy Spirit just drench you too and release gifts. If you're feeling any fear, that's the enemy's last ditch. Don't do it. Run away. But we see what the scripture says. You can trust the Holy Spirit all of your life. He is so for you. We thank you, Lord. Lord, would you come and fill us as your people. Just come and fill if we could have some pastors and leaders just come around these folks, we don't even need to have conversation. We know what we're praying for. Would you come, Holy Spirit, and fill the dry places? In Jesus' name, let your water fall. It's to drink. To come in those dry, thirsty places of your soul. We're going to need lots let of prayers. Let new vision come. We're just going to need lots of prayers so you're... Just come on up, put a hand on their shoulders. Guys for guys, gals for gals. Come on. Bless you. Come in those places. Soak us, Lord. Would you release new gifts? If your hands are tingling or burning, or there's a pressure on your forehead, God is on you. And it's a good thing. It's not a scary thing. It's a wonderful thing. If you're in, the, in our group here in the sanctuary and you're feeling your hands on fire, he wants to give you healing gifts. If your eyes feel like a weight on them or on your forehead, he may be releasing the gift of the prophetic on you. You come up too. It's okay. He is releasing gifts in this place. Come, Lord. Give us your gifts. Fill us, Holy Spirit all over again that we would run we would run with this joy that we've known in our lives we sign up all over again come and fill us up fill hands and for those who have been longing for an increase of gifts Holy Spirit you've heard their cries would you release an increase of spiritual gifting Release it in us, in Jesus' name. Let him come. Fill us up. We need you. We need you. Fresh things. When I said uh, earlier in the talk, maybe you've been hurt, maybe you're tired, Maybe you're bored. There's some bored ones, and you know it. You don't talk about it. It's embarrassing. You got bored for a reason. Holy Spirit, fill those places of boredom. Give new assignments out. Shake us up. Give us some reality checks. There is a waiting world, a watching world that's wondering if God is real. In a culture where mass killings are happening so many times that we hardly even feel it anymore, the world is scared and they're wondering what is up. Is God real and He is noble? There are people all around us who are waiting to hear the good news of a great Father in Christ. Lord, would you shake us up in these days? Give us a message and give us opportunity to share our faith. You want to get out of boredom? Talk about Jesus with someone who doesn't know him. You won't be bored anymore. Come Holy Spirit, fill us up. Set us on fire to care for the kids in this church, to serve in ways where we've just gotten tired and just said, you know, time's too precious to me. I don't really want to do what I used to do. Lord, would you shake us up in the things of the Holy Spirit? Give us the joy that we had once upon a time and give us more. Come and fall on us. And those who have just been running so hard, would you satisfy these deep places that are just pooped? Fill us up, Holy Spirit. Let the pitchers at the Feast of Tabernacle fall on your spirit. Fill you up. 
Jesus, pour out who you are. Love us all over again. We receive from you. We need you. We love you. First love. Be put in our hearts all over again. Remember what it was like to love Jesus for the first time. Lord, would you give us first love? Holy Spirit can do that. Walk among us. Encourage us. Fill us up. I would encourage you to just soak in the Lord. These are your moments. I would encourage you regularly to find places where you can just soak. It's not what we do for God. It's that we're doing it with Him. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Take time for yourself. Be good to yourself that way. Bless the Spirit at work in us right now. And we want to pray for some people who maybe have never been prayed for in the Holy Spirit before. As you are receiving and you're ready and you want to play a little bit, could you turn around? And we want to pray for anyone who has never really stood and said, Holy Spirit, fill me up. You're paracletos. I trust you. I'm going to get out of the boat, out of the safety place, and I want you to just fill me and release marching orders and vision, gifts. You've never asked God to do that. Come now. Come now. Just come to somebody. Raise your hand. Get, get known. Get seen. And someone will pray that over you right now. Every one of us who move in the things of the Spirit, somebody prayed over us and said, More, Lord. Holy Spirit, drench fill, overwhelm. We're all, we all have the Holy Spirit. If you believe in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. That's already done. But he wants to overwhelm you, fill you deeply, and release gifts in your life. Ministry will look different. Your counsel and your perspective and your wisdom will feel different when the Holy Spirit is infusing those things. You're going to start praying for people like you've never prayed for them before. And you're going to actually start, see people, start seeing people be healed. It's so exciting. The adventure in the kingdom is so awesome. Come and receive from the Holy Spirit. Just make yourself known to someone. And if you have already received prayer, turn around, look for someone, and pray. We're ministering to each other. God is in this place. He's happy with this church. This is a place where we can be alive in the things of Jesus Christ, the things of the Spirit. This is a good place. This is one of the places Jesus loves to visit and hang out in. This is one of those places received from the Lord. Now, if you're getting prayer and you have a child, maybe one, if you're like two parents, maybe somebody can go and get your children. We just want to stay sensitive to that. Go get your kids if you need to, but let's soak for a while as long as we need to. And the Lord, bless it. Bless it. To that mom, You've been screaming at your kids. I've been seeing you all morning. You've been yelling at your kids. You've been trying to get them in shape by anger. And, and just that's become a pattern. And you know it's wrong. And you felt ashamed. Tell Jesus about it. Right now, just tell him, I'm sorry. I know there's a better way. Paracletos, would you fill her and give her a new way to love her children well? in the times when she's frustrated. Just come. To the person when you think of the father, you, your blood runs cold because your father was not altogether good to you and has put distance between you and God. Paracletos wants to come and love you and show you a great father that you can trust. That dad, that earthly dad did some things. Well, that's not God the father. God will love you and fight for you and be your protector and be your wisdom and be your friend and he will be good to you. Holy Spirit, would you make that con con contract, would you make that real in my friend's heart? 
they've been treating you, God, like they've been treating a father that has been so less than satisfying. Would you make that transaction? What do you need this morning? Tell Jesus. Fill us up, Lord. Fill us up. So we want to be uh, sensitive to what God is doing. Uh, so those getting prayer, and, and, and if anyone still is wanting prayer, we want to make sure everyone gets prayed for. And but we want to also let you know we're we're coming at the end of the service then. And uh, but thanks so much for coming. Um, but we just want to uh, maybe as you go leave quietly. We just want to respect what God is doing. Again, baptism meeting for those who want to get baptized next weekend. If you're visiting, come on back to the visitors' welcome. Uh, I'll be back there to greet you. But bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. And uh, we'll see you next weekend. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place.